Welcome to the Rescue Church Podcast. This is Pastor Sarah Levecki, and this is the recording of our most recent Sunday sermon. We hope you enjoy. Hey, I want to talk to you about the crisis. Now, th- this is the thing that God has done. God has allowed crisis in the earth, and usually, if his people are positioned well, his people are promoted in a crisis. You see that there was a famine in the land. Isaac sowed and he reaped a hundredfold harvest in a famine. This is the Bible. So all through the Bible, there are people who emerge in a crisis. True prophetic and apostolic leaders in the kingdom emerge in a crisis. So God will use crises in our life. So maybe you're in the middle of a crisis. Maybe, praise the Lord, you just got over a crisis. It's all right. But here's the, here's the good news. The good news is God is able to use things that he did not do to form his son in you and to bring forward his purposes in your life. That's really so, so when it says that all things are working together for, the, for good for those who love God and who are called according to his purpose, that doesn't mean everything that happens is good. That doesn't mean everything that happens is God. But when you learn to trust God in the midst of what is happening, God can then use that for your good. And I've seen this in my own life many, many times, and I'm not going to preach about me today, but I'm telling you, this is if, if you track God's hand in your life, you'll see it. For those of you who have multi-generation Christians, such as, you know, Steph's family or Rosa's family or the commission, you know, uh, Isaac, Deborah, you know, people, who, your family that were Christian, you can see the faithfulness of God and the hand of God in generations. You see it. We see it. We're a testimony of it. My children living in the benefit of it, they don't even realize it because to them it's normal, but it's not normal. To them, everything, it's, anyway, so God will use a crisis. Now, my friend Christian Allen, remember the guy, the unforgettable guy? He says this, he said this in the middle of, him and I had an opportunity, Puerto Rico was hit very bad by a hurricane years ago, and him and I got an opportunity to step in and minister there, and he was preaching, and he said this, where there is a crisis, Christ is. And the beauty of God is that God will be with you in your beauty and in your brokenness. God God will be with you when you're winning. God will be with you when you're losing. And God will be with you everywhere in between. And to me, that is good news because we don't have to do this alone. You guys are eating in church. This is beautiful. They know this is a hostage situation. It doesn't offend me. That's beautiful. I used to do that too. In my old church, because it was hostage too. And anyway, that's encouraging. So I'm actually, I actually wanted to hostage you fully today, but here's the thing. The Lord told me, no, you need to make this another part. I was gonna end today, but the Holy Spirit said he's not, he's not done with this thing. So we're gonna we're gonna not hostage you as bad. It's still gonna be a hostage, but it's not gonna be the hostage. And so anyway. Now, if you have your Bibles, come. Uh, with me to Psalm 105, if you were here before worship began, no judgment there, 
but you realize that we read a whole bunch of verses there, and I want to read a few more, starting in 16. Moreover, he called for a famine in the land. He destroyed all the provision of bread. He sent a man before them. This is the thing about prophetic people. Prophetic people live in the future. And they visit the present. That's why if you're prophetic, it can be very frustrating until you learn patience. Because you live in the future, you visit the present, and the future is different than the present. And your, your present is not your future, but you're living with the expectation of your future and the present, which is painful. So if you don't have patience, you're going to have a real sense of frustration. This is why many prophetic people, if they're not polished and dealt with by God, they're really always frustrated because they have not, they have not understood the calling on in their life. So anyway, God sent Joseph before them. Now you're going to see here, because there's a whole bunch of things going on. He sent a man before them. Joseph was sold as a slave. So, so look at what God is doing. God did not sell Joseph. God sent him. <laughs> so God is able to use the jealousy and the insecurity of his brothers and redeem it as if he's sending them. God is able to use the things that have happened against you for your certain good. If someone throws a brick at you, catch it and use it for your, your house. Use it to use, use it to build. Don't throw it back at them. God is good. Now, watch this. They hurt his feet with fetters, and he was laid in irons. Until. <laughs> Say until. Until changes everything. Hold on. Listen. Hold on. Until. You're until. <laughs> Don't lose heart because your until is coming. <laughs> until the time that his word came to pass. <laughs> the word of the Lord tested him. Listen to me. The word of the Lord will test you before it blesses you. God will break you before he makes you. God will prove you before he shows people you're real. Joseph is going to a place in which the pressure of a nation and the world is going to rest on his shoulders, on his ability to interpret dreams and to steward and to manage resources. The weight of the world is going to be upon him soon. And he has to, re he has to resolve some things in himself before he's going to be God's resolution in the earth. He has to get rid of some things that are going on on the inside of him before he can handle the pressure. One of the things that God does to us, he's very good. He will allow something to expose you to your weakness or your brokenness, and it'll be on a low, it'll be on a low level. 
couple people, five, three, two, maybe your wife. Not a lot of people to show you, son, daughter, something is not right here. And then when you respond to that, he brings healing so that you can handle pressure so that the next time pressure is put on you, you don't respond like that. See, because pressure is coming. Pressure is a part of purpose. Pressure is one of the things that manifests purpose, and pressure is one of the things that prepares you for purpose. Without pressure, there's no diamonds. Pre you, pr pressure is necessary to mine the, the, the investment that God has put in you. Necessary. Now, the king sent and released him. The ruler of the people let him go free. He made him lord of his house and ruler over all his possessions to bind his princes at his pleasure and to teach his elders wisdom. When Joseph had zeal, Joseph did not have wisdom. <laughs> when Joseph was eager to tell his half-brothers about his whole dream, they didn't celebrate that. Joseph was antagonistic in his immaturity. He was excited about what God is doing, but he didn't understand the purpose of the dream. So he thought it was about him instead of the purposes of God going forth in the earth. And that is very elementary. That's, it's not bad, it's just immature. When you're immature, you, you, are, you feel as if everything is about you. That's how you know someone is either not healthy emotionally, not mature spiritually, or they're just immature in their calling because everything goes back to them. The whole world is them. They're hearing a story and then somehow it goes back to them. And it's, it's just a sign, a symbol of immaturity. That's all it is. So now from God's perspective, he, he, he starts in chains. Then he has the power to bind princes. There's a, there's a transference of wealth and power that is happening for the purposes of God in the earth so that God's seed remains, so that God will be faithful to, what it says what he, in Hebrews, two immutable things he swore on an oath. So, so God said it, his word can't fail, and in addition to him saying it, he made an oath. So it's like God says, I swear to God. <laughs> it's like God saying, I put my life literally on this. And I'll give my life for this, and I'll give my life to this. This will come forth. And Jesus did. When you, you, let me just say one thing to you. As, as we read the story of Joseph, you, you have to remember all of the people in the Bible, they are like openers. You know, you go to a show. Maybe you don't go to shows. Some of you are very safe. You, you go to a, a show, or you used to go to a show, Rappers, concert. Some of you are saved, so you don't do that now. You're really saved. And the no-name guys come out first. You don't know who they are. And then the big dog comes out. Are you? You know, that? You know, it's like someone, someone y'all know what I'm talking about. Someone's open, then Jay-Z comes out. And everyone's like, ah! You know, what it's, all the people 
in the Bible are openers for Jesus. Jesus is the main event. Jesus is the big name. Jesus is the one in which all of this is pointing towards and making way for. Just so you know, I want you to really understand that everything I'm saying about Joseph, the beauty of this story and the testimony is just the opener for God's own son to come forth. Just, just remember that. Okay, so now this is, this is what you have. You have the promise. His brothers are going to bow down to him. The sun, the moon, and the star, speaking of his father and his mother, uh, they're going to... Submit under his authority. That's what, that's what bow down means. It's not like they're going to worship him in a sense of worship, but it's like they're going to come under his authority and his influence. So now the promise brings you into a process because in the excitement of your youthful zeal and your lack of emotional intelligence and your lack of spiritual uh, understanding, you tell people stuff who are not with you or for you. Let me just say one thing to you. If you're sharing your dreams, you are not Joseph. You are not supposed to be sold into Egypt. Do not tell halfway Christians your full dream. Do not tell people that are not with you and for you the secrets and the desires of your heart. Hold that. Be careful who you entrust with your dreams. Some people are living a nightmare and they don't want to hear about your dreams. So now... The promise brings him into a process which leads to multiple crises. And every time there's a crisis, the mission goes forward. They hate their brother, they sell him. They go, well, why don't we kill him? They sell him. He goes, he gets a little rest. He gets a job. He get, he, you know, he's in Potiphar's house. The wife, she got an issue. She's nasty. Then he gets fired, he gets falsely accused, he gets thrown into prison, and, and that the crisis then there, he learns how to interpret dreams. He will never live his dreams if he cannot interpret dreams. He will never steward all of the land of Egypt if he's not faithful in the house of Potiphar. He will never be able to be a ruler if he cannot rule his sexuality. You think that you're going to have power and influence? You better be careful. You better have hold of your sexuality. You know why? Because women love men who are strong and not gay. Okay, now, now, now you people are looking at me. Women notice men who have authority and who are not like boys. In a generation of sensitive, weak men that paint their nails, that do not know if they're coming or going, when a man is a man, women notice that. Listen to me. You have to have rule over that because you'll get, you'll get, you know, you, you get a little action if that's what you're looking for and you'll curse your destiny. I'm, I mean, listen, he had the opportunity and the opportunity came looking for him. So you better be ready for that because that can happen to us. And don't think because you're so saved. Listen, flee from that. Don't entertain that. That has ruined many, many powerful men that didn't have power over their loins. <laughs> Let's just say it that way. So, so now every crisis, there's, there is, he's moving forward now in the purposes of, 
of God. So it's a promotion. So now you're going to see Pharaoh is going to have a crisis. You're going, to see, you're going to get to understand this crisis because this is a crisis that's in the earth today. This is some of the reason you work where you work. You work where you work, not just to get money. That's good. You should do that. That's awesome. Better than being unemployed. But the problem is that there are people in your workplace that God is speaking to that cannot hear his voice and you are sent there as an interpreter of what is going on in their life to speak into their life. That's very important to speak into their life. Very important. Okay. Because people are lost. I'm finding that Christians are lost. Now listen, <laughs> when, I, when you go to Pharaoh, you, I expect Pharaoh to not know what's going on. You know what Pharaoh has? Pharaoh has resources and Pharaoh has power, but he does not have wisdom and he does not have spiritual understanding and he does not have spiritual authority. You see later, I'm going to give you a sneak peek of later. Do you know that the old man, Jacob, who doesn't know if he's Jacob or Israel, depending on how he wakes up in the morning, <laughs> he's on his beds, you know, he's Israel, he's off his beds, he's Jacob, you know, he's, do you know that Jacob walks into Pharaoh with the power to bless, not Pharaoh? Pharaoh has all the bread in the world, he has no power to bless. It's very interesting. So anyway, all right. Divine perspective trumps human agency. All through, uh, although God has given us free will, he is bigger and stronger than ours. He is, God gave you, I mean, did you think Jonah asked to be spit out of a fish? Do you think Paul asked to be blinded for three days? Let me tell you something. God has given you a free will. God is bigger than your free will. For sure. If God was not bigger than my will, I would not be here. Monica either. Someone admitted it. God is bigger than what you want. He's everything you need. He's bigger than what you want. Now, Genesis 41. And it came to pass at the end of two full years. Remember his last... Joseph's last thing was me, 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 remember me, don't forget about me. I don't deserve to be here. Remember, remember that whole, I interpreted your dream. So he gave a prophecy and passed out his business card. <laughs> he said, you know, for, for a reasonable fee, I come to your conference. <laughs> so, he, he, so the prophetic in him, there's still self-promotion in it. There's still undealt with stuff in it. This still has not been refined by the fire of two years with nothing. You hear two years of silence. We, we, many times we look in the Bible and we think it's miracle upon miracle upon miracle. It's two years of a man in the prison. You don't hear nothing about it. Nothing. So do not, do not get too itchy and antsy if nothing is happening. Be faithful with what you know to do where you are. Because you're getting, you're, you're positioning yourself to spring out of there, but just be faithful. 
Then it came to pass at the end of two years that Pharaoh had a dream, and behold, he stood by the river. Suddenly there came out of the river seven cows, fine-looking and fat. They fed in the meadow. Then behold, seven other cows came up out of the river, ugly and gaunt, and stood by the other cows on the bank of the river. And then the ugly and gaunt cows ate up the seven fine-looking and fat cows. So Pharaoh awoke. He slept and dreamed the second time, and suddenly seven heads of grain came up on one stalk, plump and good. Then behold, seven thin heads blighted by an east wind sprang up after them, and the seven thin heads devoured the seven plump and full heads. So Pharaoh woke, and indeed it was a dream. Now it came to pass in the morning that his spirit was troubled, and he sent and called for all the magicians of Egypt and all the wise men. And Pharaoh told them his dreams, but there was no one who could interpret them for Pharaoh. Listen to me. There is no help for you in the world. This is the most powerful man in the world at the time with all of the resources the world has to offer. Egypt at that time was the most powerful civilization, was the most advanced civilization, was the largest civilization, and with all of the resources and all of the access and all of the power, he could not find one person that could interpret his dreams, not one. When I say that Pharaoh has power, when I say that he has money, but he lacks wisdom, I mean it. Wisdom, do you know nowadays common sense is like a commodity? This is how delusional people have become. That, that, it's like if you have common sense, you're like, you're like extra great because people are so crazy. They've lost their minds. So now Pharaoh is being troubled and guess who is troubling him? God. God is a troubler of Pharaoh. God troubles rulers. God protects the house of the widow and troubles rulers. Now, the troubling is because God is going to do something good. It's not, he doesn't just mess with people, but there's something good that God wants to bring forth. Then the chief butler spoke to Pharaoh saying, I remember my faults this day. When Pharaoh was angry with his servants and put uh, me in custody in the house of a captain of the guard, both me and the chief baker. We each had a dream in one night, he and I. Each of us dreamed according to the interpretation of the dream. There was a young Hebrew man with us there, a servant of the captain of the guard, and he told him and he interpreted our dreams for us. To each man he interpreted according to his own dream. And it came to pass, as he interpreted for us, so it happened, he restored me to my office and he hanged him. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph. Now, let me just say one thing to you. I don't know if you're seeing this. Do you know that the baker does not even remember Joseph's name? Remember me, me, me? Me, me, and I? He didn't even remember his name, but he remembered what he did for him. It's not about people remembering us. It's about what we do for them. It's about what we bring to them. It's about speaking into their life. And even though he was immature, 
in his gifting, even though he didn't understand how influence worked, even though he was, you know, crazy a little bit and young and zealous, God still used him and he was still going through a process and even where he was in a prison, he was learning managing difficult people. He was learning interpreting dreams. There was a, a part of his formation that was necessary in every part of his journey. So whether it was Potiphar's house or the prison, God was preparing him the whole time for the palace. When his father put the coat of many colors on him, and he was the favored son, it was preparing him one day for, for the outfit that Pharaoh was going to put on him. God always speaks to your future. The devil is always trying to speak to your past. He's trying to curse you. Remember, we'll tell you what you did last summer. But God is always speaking to your future. Then Pharaoh sent and called Joseph, and they brought him quickly out of the dungeon, and he shaved and changed his clothing and came to Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, I, had, I have had a dream, but there is no one who can interpret it. But I have heard it said that you can understand and interpret it. Watch this. Let me show you what two years did. So Joseph answered Pharaoh, saying, It is not me. <laughs> Ah. Woo, Mr. Me, 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 I. Me, 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 I, I, I. People talk, me. It is not me. Ah. It seemed that two years in the prison did great for you, young man. <laughs> See, that's okay. If you don't have patience, you don't possess your own soul. If you are not in possession of your own soul, you cannot perceive reality correctly and you cannot navigate from that place. This is why one of the primary things is to get healthy, is to forgive people that hurt you, is to ask God to forgive you, is to apologize to people, is to seek to understand, not to be understood, is to get healthy and mature so that you can be an instrument in the hand of God, a sharp and effective instrument in the hand of God. And you have to, the, the primary thing of being an instrument is you have to know that it is not about you. Now, the world will tell you it's about you, do you, do what makes you feel happy, whatever works for you. you it's all you, you, that's how they market to us. But that is the opposite of the kingdom. It's through you, but it's him. Joseph answered Pharaoh, it is not me. God will give Pharaoh an answer of peace. So now, Joseph is setting a precedent. His first conversation with Pharaoh is, it is not about me. It's about God and it's about you and God will give you an answer of peace. God is the source of peace. So God may be the source of your trouble, but he sent me to bring you peace. Because when you, when you go and you bear peace to people, when you are a peacemaker, when you help people get resolution to a situation, they view you in a favorable way and now you can be an instrument of God in their life. If people are not viewing you in a favorable way, you cannot be an instrument of God in their life. You always minister where there's favor. If there's no favor, keep moving. 
if people don't view you in a way that is respectful and honorable, you can't help them. Just be kind to them, keep it moving. You don't have to prove yourself to anyone. You don't have to force anything on anyone. God can bring you before Pharaoh in a moment. In a moment. You see the story. He goes from literally a prison to a palace in one day. And now it may take 13 years. But in a moment, God can bring you before whoever to do whatever, because he's God. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, Behold, in my dream I stood. I'm, he, he retells the story. For the sake of time, I'm not going to read to you again what I just read to you. I'm going to move on. Then Joseph, in verse 25, Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, The dreams of Pharaoh are one. <laughs> so first of all, Pharaoh was miscommit. Pharaoh, so he corrects Pharaoh. You have to be willing to correct Pharaoh. And if you cannot take correction, you cannot receive ministry. If you cannot take correction, you cannot receive the interpretation. He starts by saying, you didn't have two dreams, you had one. He just got done telling you he had two dreams. <laughs> I don't know if you heard that. But it was one dream. He was so disturbed, he woke up. But it was, it was like one sentence of God, and he woke up in the, halfway through the sentence. But God was establishing something, which you're going to see in a second. Then Joseph said to Pharaoh, the dreams of Pharaoh are one. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. So this is interesting. Now, when God shows someone something good, in the beginning, it seems as if it's bad or troubling. But what would have been more troubling if he wouldn't have known that there were seven bad years coming. And he would have spent all he had in those seven good years and starved to death. There's a principle here. There's, there's a lot of principles here. There's an economic principle. There's a bunch of principles here that are very powerful. But remember what God said to Abraham. God said to Abraham that the people are going into bondage for 400 years. It is impossible for Egypt to starve to death. They will outlast the crisis because God said so. And God watches over his word to perform it. And he sent Joseph through, the, through, through his crazy brothers. He sent Joseph ahead to warn them and to prepare them because there was a hard time coming. I told you hard times are going to come. I've, I've said that to you year after year here. You have to prepare yourself. Some of you are not conditioned for that. You have to prepare yourself for hard times because they could come. Don't think America is immune to hard times. Don't ever think that. The world existed before America. The world will exist after America. The world existed before Rome. The world kept spinning after Rome. You have to understand that there may be difficult days ahead. So you have, you have to not look at that through fear, but look at that through faith. Now, this is not about America, believe it or not. So then seven good cows are seen, seven good years. The heads uh, are seven years, the dreams are one, and the seven thin and ugly cows which came up after them are seven years, and the seven empty uh, heads blighted by the east wind are seven years of famine. This is the thing which I have spoken to Pharaoh. God has shown Pharaoh what he is about to do. The second time he says God showed him. 
Indeed, seven years of great plenty will come through, through all the land of Egypt. But after them, seven years of famine will rise, and all the plenty will be forgotten in the land of Egypt, and the famine will deplete the land, so the plenty will not be known in the land because of the famine. Following it, it will be very severe. You hear that word? That's an, that's an important word. Severe is severe. And the dream was repeated to Pharaoh twice because the thing is established by God and it will shortly come to pass. So there's, there's a level of urgency because prosperity is coming. But to prepare us to be in a position of blessing and power when a severe time comes. Listen to me. It could get real quick. It could get real quick. I'm not cursing our future. I'm not saying the world is going to fall apart tomorrow. I'm saying, historically speaking, biblically speaking, prophetically speaking, it could get real fast. Now, God was preparing Pharaoh because the children of Israel, they had to grow under Pharaoh. They're going to come in to Egypt as a family. They're going to go out as a nation. And they grew under Pharaoh. The more Pharaoh put pressure on them, the more they grew and multiplied. So Pharaoh cannot, they can't all die <laughs> because Pharaoh has a job to do. Pharaoh's harshness and his greed and his way of life is going to pressurize the people and solidify them into a nation. It's so fascinating how God does what God does. But God told Abraham, and he, and he, in Hebrews it says that he swore on an oath. He's going to make good on what he said. That's the covenant faithfulness of God. That God will do what God said. That God has the power to perform what he said and he will. So now, he's, he's now verse 33 is going to get very real because he's about to tell Pharaoh. He's going to tell Pharaoh. Some of you are going to have to command Pharaoh. Some of you are not ready to command Pharaoh. You're still learning how to command yourself. But there's going to come a time when you are going to have to tell Pharaoh, not ask Pharaoh. Tell him. When you have children, you're going to learn the difference between asking and telling. Major difference. You'll see. There will be need to tell. Officer Sorbel is going to have to tell people, hey! She's going to have to tell people. That's part of authority. You, you, you have to know, no, I'm not asking you, I'm actually telling you now. You're wrong. Don't say that to me. <laughs> it's like, I didn't see that. I know, it's my job to see that. <laughs> it's like, okay. Now, therefore, let Pharaoh select a discerning and wise man and set him over the land of Egypt. Let Pharaoh do this and let him appoint officers over the land to collect one 
fifth of the produce of the land in the seven plentiful years. Listen to me. There's a principle here. One fifth of your harvest for your future. Listen to me. Listen to me. Track with me. You get a $10,000 offering. Or it's a bonus for you, whatever you call it. Pharaoh writes you a check. First thousand to the Lord. Brett, can you tell me what is one-fifth of 10,000? I'm not as smart. <laughs> 2,000? Thank you. You know what you do? You take 2,000 and you consider your future. You take 2,000 and you invest. Don't just buy sneakers, buy stock. You, 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 you start to think about your future. Consider a severe time may come. See, because if you have cash flow, a severe time won't stop you. Listen, the mission of God and the kingdom of God is moving forward with or without us, no matter what. When you look at world history, whether it's through World War I, World War II, the fall of Rome, the destruction of the Ottoman Empire, the fall of Constantinople and it becoming Istanbul, whatever you see, no matter what you see, no matter what they did, no matter how crazy Christians were treated and persecuted in India and China and Pakistan and Saudi Arabia and Iran, no matter what, the the kingdom of God has moved forward. We are people created to move forward in any season, to reap a harvest in any famine, and to be prepared for severe times. We are the people of God. We are supposed to be the voice of God in the earth, and God doesn't stutter. We have to consider that maybe there's things within the scripture that God is telling us and showing us so that we learn how to position ourselves. Maybe you say, well, I haven't done that. That's okay. This is not about guilt and shame. This is about preparation. It doesn't matter what you didn't do yet. Let's consider it now. You, you have to, every time you learn something new, you cannot live in the shame of I didn't or I didn't know. You have to live in the thankfulness of thank you, God, for revealing it to me now. Some of you, we have to get out of the past. And let them gather all the food for those years that are coming and store grain under the authority of Pharaoh. Oh, Joseph learned authority now. Do you see how Joseph was not trying to promote himself? Okay, remember the baker? Remember the baker? The, the, the baker and the butler? Hey, remember me, remember me, remember me? He doesn't say that to the butler. The butler's going to die. <laughs> he must have really believed this prophecy. You know, like, you know he, the dreams were not dreams, they were prophecy. And the interpretation wasn't an interpretation, it was prophecy. So now you have to realize that sometimes prophecy comes through the form of a dream. So anyway, 
in that season when he was in, in the prison, guess what he was trying to do? Promote himself. One of the things that limitation is supposed to do to you is teach you not to promote yourself. Do we want to be promoted? Yes, all of us are human. Even Jesus said, if you're faithful, I'll give you a reward. He knows we're reward driven. He gets that. He's not stupid. He created us. But if you are seeking a promotion, you are not seeking the Lord. <laughs> if you are seeking, now he doesn't talk like this to Pharaoh. One of, one of the things that is interesting about powerful people and people who have power and authority is within them is the knowledge of what and who they should listen to. For a powerful person to stay in power for a long time, even if it's corrupt power, one of the things that they have determined is who to listen to. So now a man is coming straight out of prison, yet Pharaoh knows there's something with this guy. This guy is literally telling him about the next 14 years of his life. In one moment, in one conversation, can I say this to you? You only make a first impression once. You cannot strike out. Then the food shall be a reserve for the land for the seven years of famine, which shall be in the land of Egypt, that the land may not perish during the famine. So the advice was good in the eyes of Pharaoh. Now the word advice, one of the translations of that is the word of God. The word of God that was coming out of Joseph's mouth. So Joseph had a dream, but he had wisdom. And he wasn't asking Pharaoh. He was telling Pharaoh what to do. Sometimes Pharaoh needs to be told what to do because Pharaoh doesn't know what to do. Pharaoh does not even know what is going on inside of him. You got to speak to Pharaoh. Pharaoh has everything and he's lost in his palace. Lost. So you got to speak to Pharaoh. You got to help Pharaoh navigate because Pharaoh's, Pharaoh's like Joe Biden wandering around. Pharaoh is in his palace wandering around. You're not as even know what's going on inside of him. How can you rule a nation when you don't even know what's going on inside of you? That's what's different about Christianity, Christ in you. The first place God goes to work is the brokenhearted. The first place God addresses is the brokenness, not our habits, not our propensities. Not, he addresses why, why, inside. He doesn't care that you had a meltdown. He wants to know why, because he loves you. He doesn't care that you're angry. He wants to know why. Do they bother you so much that you get angry? Why? Not because he wants to shame us, because he wants to heal us. So God is concerned about what is going on inside of Pharaoh. Because God said his people 
are going to live. The whole Old Testament is about the preservation of a seed. God will do everything within his power to preserve the seed. If he sees a nation that will wipe out the seed, he'll wipe out the nation. If he sees that the seed is so stupid and so crazy, they'll wipe out themselves. He will flood the whole earth and press refresh. God will watch over his word to perform it because of his covenant faithfulness. And God will use all of his power, all of his wisdom and all of his resources to be faithful to what he said. Because he's like that. In this moment, God is actually in the business of saving Pharaoh. You may hate Pharaoh, you may be sick of Pharaoh, but God even loves the person you hate. <laughs> the person that offended you, the person that, whoever it is, God loves them too. Maybe you hate yourself, God loves you, you're valuable. God is after Pharaoh. And Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find such a one as this man in whom is the spirit of God? Now Pharaoh is recognizing that what is happening in and with Joseph is not natural. This is the spirit of God. God, how does Pharaoh know about the Holy Spirit? How does Pharaoh know about the spirit of God? Pharaoh is knowing that what is happening is not natural. Do you know that sometimes people who are not Christian can recognize when God is moving? You know, sometimes God cares so deeply about people that he will speak to someone. They don't even follow God. They don't know God. But God will speak to them and they will respond to him. While Christians many times will listen and pretend and not do anything. Do you know that I know Christian, I know there's people who are not Christian and they tithe. We have people that don't even come to this church and tithe. Because they understand the principles. That's Christ crazy. God is speaking. Could you imagine that? This people here giving half tithe. Imagine someone gives a whole tithe and they don't even come here. That's <laughs> classic. Because God. <laughs> so anyway, this is, such a, this is a very interesting situation. So now Joseph is not trying to promote himself to Pharaoh. He's trying to be concerned about Pharaoh. When, listen, when you really care about people, they want to help you. Joseph at this point was not preoccupied with getting out of a prison. The two years did away with that. Interesting what two years will do. Interesting what will happen if you allow a season of limitation to do its job on you. Do you know Paul's greatest revelation and his greatest writings were in a season of limitation when he was in prison? His greatest writings, Ephesians, Philippians, and Colossians. He was writing music, using early hymns. I mean, he was doing, he goes from writing a letter to singing, I mean... In prison, do you know that no one spoke more about hope in the New Testament than the guy that spent the most time in prison? So it's not the circumstances. Sometimes God will hedge you in. So he can work in your life. You may, you may be in a box trying to get out. Bye, bye, bye. Kicking, screaming, headbutting if you're crazy. 
and you cannot get out, that's because God is doing something in you. Don't fight it. Submit to it. Many times we want out before we're ready. God says, no, I want to work some things out on you, Joseph, because in just two years, you're going to stand before the most powerful person in the world that has no solutions. And I'm going to tell you, in the world, we are living in a generation that has no solutions. If you believe the president of the United States is the most powerful person in the world, I don't know if you still believe that. We used to believe that. But I'm telling you what, you can look and see there is no solutions. They have no solutions. They have no wisdom. When they talk, it's empty. There's no authority. There's no power. There's no meaning. They have nothing to offer. Nothing. But Joseph has the word of the Lord. You have the word of the Lord. You have what people need. When you respond correctly at work, you're giving people what they need. A more dignified way to be human. A merciful generous, kind. These people are miserable. When you show them something different, you're casting vision. You're casting vision for the kingdom just how you respond. You're showing them something different. So anyway, let's continue here. Then Pharaoh said, Inasmuch as God has shown you all this, there is no one as discerning and wise as you. You don't have to praise yourself. Let someone else praise you. You don't have to tell people, I did this, I did that, I got this, I got that. I, I know the people that I know that have the most talk about it the least. The people that do the most for others does not even talk about it. He will find ways to give to people completely anonymous. I mean, you have to get the FBI involved. That, I mean, that is, that is something. Don't, you don't have to be, you don't have to brag, you don't have to talk. You, you just do what you do and God will speak for you. See, this is what happens when you learn how to wait on the Lord and God speaks for you. It's different than you speaking for yourself. When you speak for yourself, it's me, 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 I, 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 instead of you're the guy for the job. Did you know that this was, he, he was, this was a job application. You know, sometimes you're being tested. You don't even know you're being tested. They will always respect you when you're not afraid of them. They do not hold your future. God does. God holds your future, not them. And God will remove people that will try to curse your future if you have purpose in the kingdom. God will remove people. You, you, he, he does. He removes kings. God put Nebuchadnezzar on the, on the floor. Remember that? It's like an animal. God will remove people so his purposes move forward. So if you are 100% in alignment and agreement with God, nothing can stop you except you. Devil can't stop you. He's defeated. God is for you, so God is not stopping you. So the main issue... <laughs> you know him. So anyway... Then Pharaoh said, okay, you shall be over my house and all my people shall be ruled according to your word. Only in regard to the throne will I be I regarded, uh, greater than you. And Pharaoh said to Joseph, see, I have set you 
over all the land of Egypt. I, I, Pharaoh says, listen, the only one greater than you is me. I am setting you over all of my house and all of my people. Listen to me. This is not conventional wisdom. This is a trust that only God can put in someone because I'm going to tell you something. I don't know you and I don't trust you. And if I trust you, I still, if I know you, I still don't really trust you. <laughs> I only trust the people that God puts it in my spirit to trust. You cannot volunteer your way into me trusting you. If God puts a yes in my spirit for someone, I trust them. God put a yes in Pharaoh's spirit. Pharaoh does not even know why he's doing this. He doesn't know this guy. This guy was in prison for supposedly trying to molest a Egyptian woman. So that's kind of like a federal offense type of thing. That's kind of like, like prison. He goes from prison to the palace. He goes from nothing to everything in one day. But it wasn't one day, it was 13 years. And it wasn't just 13 years, it was two years since the last mishap. Let me say one thing to you, it's very important that you learn to walk in consistency and diligence so that you look back at yourself and say, ha, Look at how far God has brought me. Just two years ago, I was a man seeking self-promotion, trying to make a way for myself. And now I'm a man that God brought out. I'm a man that God made a way for. I'm a man that God spoke on my behalf. And I went from a prison to a palace by the word of the Lord because my until came. And he was some sort, something happened to him with two years. You don't hear a word about him. Something happened is until came, but until he came to the end of himself, he cannot enter the purposes and plans that God had for him. And the Bible says in a few verses that it was, he was 30 years old when he began to stand before Pharaoh. Jesus started his high priestly ministry at 30. The high priest does not stand in the presence of God before 30. So if you have done anything in your life before 30, Consider it a great gift because biblically speaking, 30, it gets real. There's numbers and there's things. And, and so there's God waits and he works to make someone ready. Now, then Pharaoh took his signet ring off and put it on his hand. Now, in, in the ancient world, when someone had a ring, a ring was like the power to sign a check. So it was like Pharaoh's name on the check, Joseph's name under it. Pharaoh's black card, Joseph had one. The ring was a doing business as. He would stamp the ring, and that is the power to release. Remember when the prodigal son came home, he came home with a ring? The father gave him a ring. That, that's, that's like the power of attorney. That's the power to do business in the, in, in the father's name, or in this case, the pharaoh's name. So now he has power. That ring, he took the ring off his hand. He, listen to me. He did not go and get another ring, which I'm sure pharaoh had multiple rings. He took the ring off his own hand. When someone takes something off of their person and gives it to you, 
That's not the same. If someone buys you something, that's not the same. It's different. If someone who's rich goes and buys you a Rolex, they're rich. That doesn't matter. If someone takes the Rolex on their wrist and puts it on your wrist, that's another level. That's different. Steph's dad would probably do something like that. See, that's, but that is, that is something different. Something's happening here. There is a transference of wealth and power, but for the purposes of God to come forth. Because Joseph is a man of destiny who has been dealt with by God and the self-promotion is dead in him and now he is ready to be an instrument and he is ready for the future that God has called him to and God is even going to deal with the past in our next... <laughs> next week we're going to take communion. We're going to repent. We're going to confess. We're going to... If you have anything against someone, fix it. Next week is very powerful because God wants to deal with past issues so that they don't hurt us in the future. That's because he loves us. That's not because he's trying to like bring up spilt milk. No, he just wants to go behind the couch and, and get some of that milk that's spilled there so that the whole room isn't sour because of that unresolved stuff. Now, let's continue a little bit more and then we'll be done. Then Pharaoh took his signet off his, uh, off his hand and put it on Joseph's hand. So the Pharaoh put it on his hand. He didn't just give it to him. See, this, this is very, this is something's happening. There's, there is a transference of power here. You know, pinky rings, the mob, there's, a, there's, a, there's something there with power. Anyway, that was just a joke. Pharaoh uh, took a signet ring off his hand and put it on Joseph, and he clothed him in garments of fine linen. Now Joseph is getting his swagger back. <laughs> and put a gold chain, put the Cuban link with the Jesus piece. I'm just playing with you. He put a gold chain on his neck. That is another, I don't know if you're seeing this. These are distinguishing factors. His clothes, what he wears, his ring, and now his chain. This is letting people know who he is. This is why when people buy a gold chain, it's a statement. I don't know if you know that. There's, there's a statement there with a chain, a big chain. They want, people want you to know who they are. Nobody buys a big chain that doesn't want you to know who they are. That's the first thing. Remember the 90s? Someone walks in with a chain swinging like, you sit down, bang, and hits the table. People want you to know who they are. If you still want that, something is not right with you. Joseph is past that. They put it on him. The same thing happens. You see that with Daniel too. Rulers Daniel tells him the truth, tell him that, which we're, this is a whole next series. Daniel gets himself a chain too. I should preach a sermon called Chains. Uh, not two chains. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's too much. That's childhood stuff. So, childhood needs. All right. Where are we? Put a chain, a, a gold chain around his neck. And 
made him ride in the second chariot, which he had, and they cried before him. So now, let's put it this way, let's, let's 2023 it. Pharaoh is in a Rolls Royce, and Joseph is in a Bentley. Right there. Not that, but he's right, he's right there. Number two. Then Pharaoh took, okay. And made him ride in the second chariot which he had, and they cried out before him, bow the knee. So he set him over all the land of Egypt. Pharaoh said to Joseph, I am Pharaoh. And without your consent, no man may lift his hand or foot in the land of Egypt. He's saying nobody can move without your authorization. Nobody. You went from chains to nobody can move without you. See, you cannot handle freedom until you embrace limitation. If you don't have rule over your own spirit, you cannot be trusted with power and authority because you'll abuse it. This is a very, very important part of ruling, being a ruler. Now, if you go back to verse 40 with the word ruled, one of, one of the words is kiss. And one of the words also is equip. So he's not just ruling to dominate, but he's, it's, it's a loving and an empowering rule. The, word, the Hebrew language is, is beautiful. So anyway, let's bow the knee. I am Pharaoh without you know concerning, bro. Verse 45, and Pharaoh called Joseph's name Zaphnath Pathnea. And gave him a wife, Asherath, the daughter of Potni Pharaoh, priest of On. So Joseph went over all the land of Egypt. And Joseph was 30 years old when he stood before Pharaoh, king of Egypt. And Joseph went out from the presence of Pharaoh and went throughout the land. Now in the seven plentiful years, the ground brought forth abundance. So he gathered up all the food of the seven years in which in the land of Egypt and laid them in food in cities. And he laid up. In every city, the food of the field which surrounded them, Joseph gathered so much grain as the sand of the sea until he stopped counting, for it was immeasurable. Now, the name that Pharaoh gives Joseph is a fascinating name. It is a, it's an Egyptian rendering of... God lives and God speaks. It's also, another meaning is a, the treasury of rest. God lives and God speaks and God brings us into the treasury of rest. And, and Joseph is God's storehouse manager for his own purposes, and Pharaoh is going to get richer because of Joseph. The same way that Potiphar got richer because of Joseph, now Pharaoh, you're going to see in the next chapters, gets richer because of Joseph. Let me, let me say one thing to you about the favor of God. When, when the favor of God is on your life, or is on your business, or it's on you, you will be an agent that enriches other people. 
The blessing of Abraham is on the people of God. And where the people of God go, things get better. When you look geographically and globally and historically at the church of Jesus, wherever the real church goes, things get better. China has boomed. China, the economics. Do you know that 20,000 people in China are, are getting born again almost every day? So part of the rise of China is not a communist government, but is the infiltration of the gospel to the people. See, wherever the gospel goes, the gospel enriches people and allows human flourishing. Why? Because the gospel teaches me how to, ha how to handle my enemies. The gospel teaches me how to handle my friends. The gospel teaches me how to lay down my life. The gospel teaches me how to love my wife. The gospel teaches me to take responsibility for my children. The, so the gospel teaches us how to flourish so wherever it goes, flourishing happens. Now, they try to bring persecution to shut down the flourishing. The very fact that they try to bring persecution is a sign that it leads to flourishing. If the church was no threat, they wouldn't persecute it. If the Bible was of no danger to people, it wouldn't be illegal. But the fact that it's illegal and the fact that, it, that, that they're persecuted is a witness that it leads to flourishing. Now, if that flourishing is against the dominant power in that place or in that nation, they will then use their authority or abuse their authority to persecute Christians. They'll have to answer to God for that. The Christians will get a reward in heaven and a crown of life. So the Christians get rich no matter what. Listen. If you prosper in the West and you're a good steward and you, you're wise and you prosper, you're going to get rich. In like real life. I'm talking about real life. Uh, let's say you're persecuted. And they kill you. You have a crown of life, man. You're rich forever. <laughs> you, you win no matter what. They lose. You, you oppose the gospel, you lose. Not, not, not the people who are suffering. The people who are suffering, they get martyred. They, they, they close their eyes, they open their eyes, they see the face of Jesus. There's no greater win. Who loses? The person whose blood their hand is on. Okay. This has become a full hostage. Sarah's walking out as an indicator <laughs> to tell me. You're done. Okay. Let me just read a few of these things. When the prophetic is immature in a person, they seek promotion. Two years dealt with this immaturity, character defect in Joseph. God will work on our character defects. No problem. We all have them. No pressure. You don't have to pretend to be perfect here. We're not going to remember you for your worst day because we don't want to be remembered for our worst day. We're going to remember you for good. We're going to love you. And that's it. That's part of a family. You know what a family is? You, with a family, you get good, bad, and ugly. This is real. This is not pretend. Sunday. This is real life here. Okay? Now, Joseph had to learn to interpret dreams before he could have his own dreams come to pass. This is important. Joseph had to learn patience. Patience is essential in, in the prophetic, in leadership, and in stewardship. So patience is necessary because sometimes you would not have discernment outside of patience. Let's say I look at a, a tree and it looks dead and nasty, but I'm looking at the tree outside of its season. Yeah. 
and I go, oh, it's dead, chop it down. And six months from now, it's beautiful and flourishing. Sometimes to really have discernment, you need patience. To handle people well, you need patience. Why? Because you may want to do something right now and they don't want to do that. So you can't force them. You have to, you have to give people space. You, you have to be patient with people. What about stewardship? If you are impulsive, you will make bad choices. How do I know? Trust me. Impulsive people, let me tell you something that happens. Have you ever made an impulsive buy? Your heart rate increases when you're doing something impulsive. When you do something good, you're like, there's, there's a calm smile, maybe a smirk. I don't know how you do it. There's a calm, yep, boom. If you're doing something impulsive, you're like, brr, brr, you're, there's something going on. It's like, you're like, it's, like, it's like, come out of that stupor, you know? Like, you know? So anyway, impulsive stuff leads to bad decisions. Okay. Let me give you another. Sometimes, it sounds so ghetto, sometimes, sometimes Pharaoh needs to be told what to do. He has, he was resourced. Oh my God. You can tell I did that late at night. Forgive me, Lord. Look at this. Country grandma. He was resources. <laughs> I am resources. I am money. No, he was resources. He has resources, but not wisdom. Do you know that? This is a thing. Really, I'm serious. Some of your bosses, they don't have wisdom. They have a position. Just because someone has a position does not necessarily mean they have wisdom. So anyway, forgive this. You can see I need a spell check here. Finally, if you don't handle your own crisis well, you can't help others in their crisis. That's important. Where there is crisis, Christ is. Brother Christian Allen, the energetic prophet. Joseph had to learn to stop seeking promotion before he could be promoted. Listen, let me say something to you. I have done two things. I have spoken on my own behalf. This <laughs> doesn't work out too good. I have spoken on my own behalf. And I have had the Lord speak on my behalf. When the Lord speaks on your behalf, it's easy. When you are speaking on your behalf, it's difficult. And you make yourself look stupid. You make yourself look thirsty. And you make yourself look too vulnerable. And when you're too vulnerable, you lose your ability to influence people. And they don't trust you when you're too vulnerable. If you cross the line of transparency and you become vulnerable to someone you're not supposed to be vulnerable with, they will not allow you to influence them. I'm just telling you that. All right. The world will go to kingdom folks in a crisis. Get ready to have a red phone. The world will go to kingdom people. Always remember who you will reach out to in a crisis. Don't forget that and then ask yourself why. 
and then become like that. The world will go to kingdom folks in a crisis. This happens in the private sector. When the banks were failing, they went to BlackRock. The idea of when people cannot figure out something, they will go to someone they deem wiser than themselves. That's okay. We all need help. There's no shame in that. It's to be human. Okay. Being able to respond correctly to a crisis will lead to promotion. Think of the churches and businesses that did not respond to COVID correctly and look what happened. I have the great delight of some of you beautiful people because of other people's blunder. Ain't that something? And now Brett and I are not just stuck with each other. We have some beautiful people that we dealer, I mean, dearly and deeply love as a result of people not managing a crisis correctly. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be critical. I've been the other guy on the other side of stupid. I know. I can tell you. Okay. Joseph was prepared for this time. And he was ready for the promotion. Be ready. God is preparing you. God is preparing you. There are people that are in a season of preparation. Remember Esther? For such a time as this, but before the such a time as this, one year in the oil. You got to get in the bath. You got to get in the oil. You got to get softened up. You got to lather yourself up. You got to get your soul soft and tender. You got to get, let the Lord work on you. Let him deal with you. Let him work in your life so that you, when you are prepared, you can stand. Because Pharaoh needs to be told what to do. Xerxes needed to be told what to do. Nebuchadnezzar needs to be told what to do. So if God cannot tell you what to do, then you cannot tell them what to do. So if you cannot take correction, you cannot bring solutions. So this is something that we have to get in our spirit that even when we're going through something difficult or limiting, God is preparing us for the desired future because Pharaoh is lost. Pharaoh is wandering around the palace. He doesn't know what's going on. He needs help. He needs guidance. And God is going to send you. And, and, and you need to speak with authority. Do you know why authority is really, really important? Because it's an expression of humility. You believe that God sent you and so it's rooted in faith in God, not in trusting yourself. Jesus said, as the Father sent me, so I send you. You have to be convinced that you're sent. That's important. You cannot go somewhere if you don't know you're sent. God is sending us into all types of various and crazy places to speak to people who respectfully need to be told what to do because, quite frankly, they don't know. You look at every sector in our society, it's confused. You look at the banking sector. They are cursing our children's future. 
You look at the medical, they want to chop body parts off and transform you. You're supposed to be an agent of healing. You want to butcher me. You go to a hospital, you're supposed to bring forth life. You want to abort babies too. You go to schools, they're supposed to be educating children. They are indoctrinating children. You, you look at entertainment. They're supposed to produce role models and people that say, wow, that's an honorable person. I want to be like that. They're producing disasters. Every sector of our society is, if it's not under the influence of Jesus, it's cursed. And it needs God. It needs Jesus. So you are sent to bring solutions. We're going to get into this. This is important. Because they're going to come to you in a crisis and you have to be prepared. Let's pray before I get myself a crisis with the, with the children's church workers here. So, Lord, we thank you for what you're doing because you are working. Whether people are in the prison, whether they're in the palace, whether they're in Potiphar's house, a place of testing and proving. Lord, wherever they find themselves, you're with them. You're with us. And so I ask you, that you would prepare us to speak clearly and boldly in and for your name. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 That was the full hostage, man. Thanks for listening to the Rescue Church podcast. For more information, visit rescuechurch.tv invite.